0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قفة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبل قاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بغية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره السلام عليكم ورحمة الله I hope, inshallah, you have got uh, my uh, voice and picture clearly. We just checked and everything okay. okay. so was okay. okay. So now I want to double check. Okay. We just checked and everything was okay. So now I want to double check. Okay. Okay. Uh, this session, uh, inshallah. Uh, is going to be uh, under verses 11 onwards from Surah Taha and uh, like last week I am in London inshallah with your du'as I hope to be able to return to home inshallah by next week so we can have next session inshallah from home we said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah uh, like some other surahs of the Qur'an refers to the story of Prophet Musa There are several issues or major issues that are mentioned. One is about the beginning of the mission of the Prophet Musa alayhi how he received revelation and Allah spoke to him. The second is about the uh, ministry or the mission of the uh, Prophet Musa and his brother Harun when he spoke to uh, Fir'aun and invited them to uh, do what is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the third part is about uh, leaving Egypt Musa and his people Bani Israel, they left Egypt and as you know, Pharaoh followed them and then Allah saved them and Pharaoh and his army uh, drowned. And finally about the bad uh, practice of some Bani Israel when they started worshiping idol. So there are four uh, major issues that are mentioned in this surah about uh, Prophet Musa and his nation. But let us go back to the beginning of the story. Uh, If you remember we said that uh, Prophet Musa with his family uh, were traveling. According to some historical sources uh, after he finished his term with Prophet Triad, his father-in-law, he took his family with some of his uh, sheep and wanted to go to Egypt. Uh, according again uh, these historical sources, uh, in the night it was very dark, very cold and also his wife was pregnant, and had the pain of the delivery so everything was very difficult for Prophet Musa imagine you are t- traveling with your family in the night which is dark and cold uh, your wife also wants to deliver baby and it is said also according to some sources, historical sources they also uh, lost their way all of a sudden, on the side of the road, they saw, actually Prophet Musa saw a fire. And as we said, this shows that he was alert. Not only he was seeing in front, he also was seeing on the side. And this shows that a leader, especially a leader, everyone, but especially a leader, a person who is responsible for a family, for a community, whatever, has to be very alert and sometimes solutions may not come in the way that you expect they may come on the side so he was alert he saw the light he said to his family wait because he didn't want to take the risk of taking them all the way there and then having nothing so he said you wait here I'm going there either I can bring some fire at least we can then uh, warm ourselves and use it for heat or I can find a guidance so that we know where to go because maybe there are people around or maybe there is a way to uh, find out our direction but when he went there something amazing happened he saw a fire from a tree, because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran says that this was a tree that was uh, burning, but not being consumed. You know, the fire was on the tree, but it was not being consumed. So it was very special fire on that tree. And Prophet Musa heard a voice, a call, Ya Musa. This is amazing. In that freezing, dark night, when all the problems and difficulties surrounded Musa, then something amazing happened he received the call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is a hadith here beautiful hadith which says that when you have no hope then you should be hopeful because that might be the sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to solve your problem prophet Musa was not hoping even uh, solution for his uh, you know a small problems. I'm saying a small. I mean that there were big problems, but in the long term, these are small you know issues. But then imagine in that situation, he heard a call from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala addressing him by his first name, Ya Musa. This is very special. So, Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, Kun lima la tarju, arja lima tarju. With respect to what you have no hope, be more hopeful than with respect to what you have hope. فَإِنَّ مُوسَ بْنَ إِمْرَانِ خَرَجَ لِيَقْبِسَ لِأَهْلِهِ نَارًا فَرَجَ عَيْلَيْهِمْ وَهُوَ رَسُولٌ نَبِيٌّ Prophet Musa عليه السلام. went to uh, take some fire for his family, but when he went back, he was a messenger of Allah. Imagine what a great you know, achievement is this. To become a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so we should never become hopeless. Sometimes we think nothing is going to happen. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has plans. Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, for example. For a long time he didn't have any child. Maybe he was not hoping to have child. Because... When he was given the beshara of having child, he was surprised. How can I have child? His wife started, you know, beating on her, in her face. Suck it! out. Out of surprise. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala had planned for Ibrahim. This man who didn't have child till he became old, Allah gave him Ishaq. And Ismail, out of Ishaq, all the prophets from Bani Israel Ya'qub, Yusuf, Musa, Harun, Prophet Isa, all from Ishaq, and from Ismail, our prophet, our Imams. So, these are all children of Ibrahim, Prophet Yahya, as we had in the beginning. Of uh, Sorry, we didn't have here But we have in the beginning of Surah Maryam Prophet Zakaria Was very old He says All his hair and beard were white And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Said I'm going to give you a son He was surprised My wife is barren I am very old but Allah gave him someone like Yahya, who was a very special person. A prophet who was very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Sadiq says when you are hopeless, you should not lose your hope. When the situation is not indicating any way out, don't lose your hope. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is a great lesson for us So Prophet Musa alayhi salam, Went towards that fire Falamma ataha It's very beautiful When he came to fire Allah doesn't say when he went to fire Because Allah himself is Close to that fire Of course he's everywhere But this is is the sign of Allah being especially present in that place? That was a holy place. This is the point that, Inshallah, we will mention later also when Allah says, "Go to Pharaoh," and then later He says, "Come there." Inshallah, I will explain this later. So Allah says, "Falama ataha," when He came to fire. Who can say when He came to fire? Someone who is next to the fire. Falama ataha Nudia. A call was made. It doesn't say who made this call. Nudia, in a passive mood. Ya Musa. When someone calls you by your first name, this is comforting. Because this must be a person who knows you. This cannot be a stranger. This cannot be, an, for example, I don't know, a robber. This is a person who is friend, who is familiar. And when Musa, salam, heard this voice, it was very comforting. Ya Musa. Enni book. I am your lord. Again, this is comforting. Allah could have said, Enni and Allah, as he says later. But to begin with, Allah chose a more friendly expression. Because Allah knows that how Musa must be shocked going to the fire and seeing the fire is not consuming the tree. Then hearing a call addressing him by the first name. Then he says, So Allah himself says, saying, Allah In the first place, Arab book. I am your Lord. I am the one who has been taking care of you. I am the one who has been providing you with everything. I am the one who is responsible for your welfare, spiritual welfare, physical welfare, because this is a meaning of Rab. So Rab is the one who is. Providing us with everything we need, the one who is in our, you know, in charge of us, responsible for us, and we should take his advice. So Allah says, "Inni fakhla analak waadil Remove your shoes. You are in the holy land of Towa. Either Towa is the name of that land. We have this also in Do I Not Be. We say to Imam Zaman, I uh, I wish I knew where are you. How far you are from us. and uh, are you in Radwa? Are you in Towa? Where are you? Allah says to uh, Prophet Musa you are in the holy land of Tova, if it is proper noun, or as some people said, this is the land uh, which is very especial and very blessed. And towa means to um, wrap, to fasten something. This ayah is very important. Sometimes I say, you know, to... Brothers and sisters, when we have you know discussion about this ayah, I say, Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before going into any uh, details, before going further, He says, First, we should fix some protocol, some rites, some rituals, before everything else, first remove your shoes. We cannot continue this discussion when your shoes are on. You have put on your shoes. This is a sign of ethical politeness. And as you know, in our holy places, in our mosques, in our shrines, we always remove our shoes. And unfortunately, in some other uh, religious traditions, they have lost this. Uh, you know they go to the church or synagogue you know with shoes but even in the Bible it has the same you know verse and Perhaps they don't extend it to the holy places other holy places, but we kept it for all holy places When you go into the mosque when you go to the shrine when you go to Masjid al-Haram We should remove our shoes Now the question is why we should remove the shoes why when you go to a holy place you should remove your shoes perhaps the answer is when you have your shoes the shoes might be dirty dust and dirt from other places should not be brought into this holy land this is one point so remove your shoes Second, when you go to the Holy Land, you don't need shoes. Are you worried that something from this Holy Land would touch your feet? The dust of this Holy Land is even blessed. If I am going to a place that is clean, but that is nice, I don't put on my shoes. Even if that shoes is clean. Imagine there is a shoes which is new. So there is no issue of bringing this, uh, the dirt and dust. Just I purchase a shoe, a, a pair of shoes, and I am going to put on. This doesn't make sense. This is a holy place. This is a blessed place. This is a clean and pure place. Why you are putting on your shoes? So this is the second point. So first is not to bring dust from other places here. Second is this is the place that it is pure. You don't need your shoes. You should let your body touch this place. And third, you should feel at home. When you go home, you remove your shoes. You know, alhamdulillah, in our tradition, in the house, we don't keep on shoes. Because every pl- uh, place in the house, we keep it clean. And, you know, when you remove your shoes, you feel comfortable. Especially when you go, for example, to your uh, bedroom, you want to sleep or you want to relax. So you remove your shoes. So, this is a place that you should feel at home. There is no need for shoes. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before everything else, before mentioning very important principles, He says, Let's fix this first. Remove your shoes, both of them. You are in this holy land of Tawah. Then, now such an important an important message comes after this. I have chosen you. You know when you are chosen by a university, for example, you know, give you admission, you are very happy. If a community, for example, elects you for a job in the community. If you are, I don't know, elected as a president or secretary, you say, Alhamdulillah, people trust me. When you are elected as a president, you are very happy. When you are elected by people as a member of parliament, you know, for example, you are happy. When religious people choose you as their alim, as their guide, the Alhamdulillah People you know Have this trust in me But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Chooses someone How happy that person should become Allah has chosen Musa Allah has chosen Isa Allah has chosen Muhammad you. you know it's It's uh, not surprising if someone, when he hears this, dies out of happiness. If Allah just says, I am pleased with you, is too much for us. Let alone Allah says, I have chosen you. I want you. I have a mission and I want you to do this for me. So listen carefully to what's being revealed to you. So this is explanation of the mission for which you are chosen. When you say to someone, I have chosen you, and this is the instruction. What you are supposed to do. yuha Listen to what is being revealed. Okay. Now, from here is the beginning of what was revealed from this point. Of course, even before that was a revelation. But here is the beginning of the part which mentions the mission. Allah <speaking in Hebrew> The very first thing is to establish tawhid you have to know for whom you are working and towards whom you want to invite people Tawheed is the basic Tawheed is the foundation as Imam Raza a.s. said "Kalimatullah لا illallah إلا الله حسني فمن hisni, حسني he quoted his father from his father finally Rasulullah from Jibra'i from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the word of Tawheed is my fortress Whoever enters my fortress will be saved from punishment. Of course, then Imam said, shuruta." This Tawhid has lots of implications, but this is the foundation. This is the root, like a tree which has lots of branches and leaves and fruits, but the root is Tawhid. Ennani Allāh. Truly, I am Allāh, the only One God. La ilaha illa ana There is no one to be worshiped except me. There is no one is worthy of being worshiped except me. Maybe people worship different things. Maybe they worship even an I don't know, a stone, a piece of wood. But they are not worthy. The only one to be worshiped is me. Now you want to worship me There are many different ways to worship me Or if you want to serve me Which might be the more accurate meaning of فَعْبُدْنِي Serve me Because we don't want to be just a worshiper We want to be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the best ways Of achieving this servitude is Salat not as a kind of Ibadah only, as a step towards servitude? Unfortunately, we perform Salat just as Ibadah, as an action, as a kind of worship. But Salat must be a class, a training. For becoming servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that is only possible If all your reality is involved If only my lips and tongue are involved This can be a bother If only my body I bend, I go to sajda This can be a bother But if my heart my mind are involved my akhlaq is the akhlaq of a musalli then this is servitude a person who says his or her prayer properly with the tongue body heart mind this person cannot do anything bad because a worshipper can do something bad. But a servant of God cannot do anything bad. You understand the difference? A worshipper may worship Allah but also afterwards before do something bad. But a servant of Allah is impossible to do anything bad. Because servant doesn't do anything unless what his master wants. He wants to make his master happy. This is why Allah says, tanha anil wal munka." Salat prohibits doing bad actions. It's impossible to do salat properly and do bad actions. It's impossible to have salat in a family and then someone in that family goes wrong. If all members of family say salat properly, not just as a worship, as a servitude. Then that family will be saved. Shayateen will go away from such house. And if in a community, in a town, people say Salat. Shayateen will leave that community. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Fa'abudni, serve me. but." In a very specific way, wa aqimus salat al-dhikri establish prayer for my remembrance. So, the aim of salat is remembrance. Even in the verse which I mentioned, enna salat tanha anil fashshah ibal munkar Afterwards, Allah says, wa ladhikru Allah akbar. Salat bad actions, ugly actions but remembrance of Allah is greater Salat is not just to stop crimes yes, first we stop crimes this is the bottom line but then we go higher that is to fly towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we say in du'aiku I come closer and closer to you by remembering you So this is the benefit of Salat O oh, Musa, you must pray wholeheartedly, establish Salat for my remembrance. I was reflecting about this point. Why we say Aqim as Because Aqama yuqimu iqama means to raise, to make something stand and also we have in a qamat as-salah salat is rising salat is standing what does it mean salat is standing you have to make salat stand iqamat as-salah which is more important than just sallu you know salla you salli know, it means saying prayer Establish prayer. Make it stand. Make it rise. So I was reflecting on this point. Then. I thought maybe it means. Salat. Is like a bird. This bird. Has. A. Body. And has a soul. Let me mention the story of Prophet Isa. You know, one of the miracles of Prophet Isa was what? Allah says you make a statue of birth from clay then blow into it, then it becomes Be'ezni with my permission, with my blessing it becomes a bird so first we have a statue of a bird then by blowing life was given to this bird and it was a bird was able to fly Salat is like a bird Salat, with the presence of heart, is a bird which has life. It flies, goes high, goes towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salat, without presence of heart, without remembrance of Allah, is like a clay. Which is in the, made in the form of birth But you have not given it life This cannot go up You have to say Salat in the way that your Salat goes up Goes towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And if your Salat goes towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then you can also hold on your Salat And go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you make salat a stand, iqamah salat, and then your salat is mi'rajul mu'min. Your salat helps you to go higher. As Allah says, ilayhi yas'adul kalimu tayyib wal amal salih yarfakuh. Amal salih elevates you, raises you. And in the first place, salat, which is khayrul amal, so you give life to Salat and then Salat like a lift, like a ladder, like a miraj, takes you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the beauty of Salat. But we should make efforts to have proper Salat inshallah. May Allah enable us to be among real Musallim, those who establish Salat. It is such important thing that we say to Imam Hussein, Anna It's very important. You know, if someone says, you know, this alim is a great man because he is saying his prayer. This is not a praise. He's saying prayer everyone who says his prayer. We say to Imam Hussein, Anna So it means that is not just saying prayer. Akamta salaam is you are the one who gave life to Salat. You put Salat in its proper position. You are the one who made Salat able to fly for yourself and for others. You establish Salat. So, as salat al-Dhikri. After Tawheed. The necessity of servitude to Allah and in particular establishing Salat. Allah mentions the Day of Resurrection. إِنَّ <inaudible> Truly the Day of Judgment. The hour. The hour of judgment. Definitely it comes. We don't know when. Ukhfiha. I am hiding it There's a discussion here among ulama Why Allah says Because Sometimes or most of the time means It's Near uh, This I'm Likely to do this Or I'm near doing this So some people have said Because Allah wants to say that I am going to hide it so much as if I myself am not aware. But some say no, akado, like you know, we have in yakado, kada know, yakado, and akado is the verb for the uh, first person. Allah wants to say this is something which has been. Uh, decided and something which is going to happen definitely but not uh, near definitely Uh, Allah says I am hiding these from everyone no one other than Allah knows the day of judgment it is a secret people should not know when it is then Allah says bima tasa. The reason for hiding this or the reason for having the Day of Judgment is that everyone must be rewarded according to the efforts that they make. Ma tasa so either the day of judgment is for this, or I hide it so that no one knows how much you know they have time. So everyone who takes it seriously works harder would be rewarded more. It doesn't make that much big difference. The whole thing is that every human being will be judged and accordingly rewarded, either in a positive way, a good reward or punishment negative one and the reward although it is related to your action but not just looking at the action in a simple way (laughs) bemat hasa Allah looks into your efforts because maybe for example someone has done something With a little effort, another person has done the same thing with lots of efforts Someone maybe, for example, has gone for, say, ziara With difficulty, someone went with ease Someone has made, for example, a mosque with lots of difficulty Someone has made a mosque with a little um, percentage of his money so, they are not the same. Allah says in the Quran, لَيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا You will see your actions, but based on the efforts that you have made. Allah does not compare people uh, with each other just according to the surface of action. He doesn't say, okay, everyone who has written one book will be given this much of reward. Everyone has written two books has will be given, no. Maybe a person has written a book, but he has made more efforts than a person who has written 10 books. So, efforts are very important. So, if you find it difficult for you to do something good, if you find it difficult to learn how to recite the Quran or how to memorize the Quran, how how to do good things, how to go to the mosque, how to do some charity work, how to look after your family if your husband or your wife is not helping you with upbringing children, Anyway, whenever you have difficulties, therefore you have to make more efforts, your reward also goes higher. So don't think you are being uh, forgotten or your efforts are wasted. In the end of the day, everyone who has made more efforts will be rewarded more. So... Maybe you have made all your efforts in doing one thing Maybe that person has made the same amount of efforts And done more works But what is important Everyone must do his best If you have done the same amount of efforts And everything else is equal Then your reward is the same <speaking in Hebrew> I am going to hide it or I have hidden it, bema tus, bema Tasa So that every soul, every person will be rewarded according to the efforts. فلا, yes, this is the last verse for today. فَلَا عَنْهَا من لا يؤمن بها واتبعها وهو Now that you know that Day of resurrection is coming You know that everyone will be judged Do not let The one who doesn't believe In the day of judgment And has followed His whims And lost Do not follow him Do not let them Stop you Do not let them stop you Deviate you, take you away From this direction the one who doesn't believe in the Day of Judgment and he has followed. The first is present tense. The second is past tense. Who doesn't believe and he has followed. It means that because he has followed his whims and shahwa and uh, lower desires lost, so he doesn't believe. Because those who don't want to change, those who want to keep uh, doing bad things, they deny Akhirah. Some people ask When is the day of judgment It's not going to happen Why Because your idol and son Because they don't want to have any limitation Any restriction They want to do whatever they wish If you follow them If they stop you You will be destroyed So for your own benefit, for your own safety, for your own happiness and salvation, don't follow such people be with the people who remind you of Akhirah, be with the people who encourage you to do more work for your Akhirah to save more for your Akhirah, as Prophet Isa a.s. said to his Hawariyoon, to his disciples when they asked, whom should we take as our friends Prophet Musa said you should take people as friends who have these qualities. When they speak, they increase your knowledge. Another quality is like when you look at him, you are reminded of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you look at his Amal, you are encouraged to do more for your Akhirah because you see that he is very careful about his Akhirah. So we have to follow such people, not the people that they don't think about Akhirah. Either they deny it completely or they practically deny it. Maybe they say I believe in Akhirah but practically they don't do anything for Akhirah. From morning till night if you sit with them there is no mention of Akhirah. Everything is money, everything is dunya. <coughs> Inshallah. Uh, next week we will continue with the uh, verse seventeen. Now let us go to the questions. We have a question uh, Which uh, came before we started And I read the question Uh, It is about uh, The issue of justice And Alhamdulillah in the course we had in Toronto We spent uh, Two, three hours On this issue And inshallah soon it will be put online So everyone can listen to those uh, Lessons on Aqaid In particular about this issue But very briefly to answer this question the question is uh, how we can justify the pain that animals for example suffer you know some animals kill other animals why they are uh, you know created and why they suffer or there were animals who died before us the answer is this this world is the best possible physical world it's not perfect perfection cannot happen in dunya perfection is in Akhirah if you want to have nature with the physical regulations with the interactions between material things something must become plant something must become animal something becomes human beings water you know different things that we have and they interact either in a chemical way or in a physical way or sometimes they interact in a psychological way someone's behavior affects on my soul this is the best possible world within this world because of interactions because regulations sometimes something may be stopping another thing growing a bird for example eats an insect this is not a sign of having no design or designer no we have design but this is the nature that insect is eaten by the bird if the bird has to eat so there must be something suitable for the bird either plant or insect cannot say no they should be able to eat but without consuming, it is not possible in dunya. in Akhira it is possible, in Akhira for example if you have a tree f- full of fruits, it remains always with f- fruits, it never becomes you know empty, but dunya is not like this, so we are talking about the best possible world the best possible physics the best possible nature when we have animals human beings or at one stage only animals not human beings or maybe an earlier stage no animals it doesn't make difference it has always been the best possible world. In other words if we had perfect knowledge, because knowledge of Allah is perfect the world is not perfect because the world has no capacity for perfection if we had perfect knowledge like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we were supposed to create something for the purpose that we have, that human beings are tested and tried And at the same time, everything is given an avenue for progress. We would have created the same thing. If if we had perfect knowledge. Of course, we don't have perfect knowledge. Because we don't have perfect knowledge, so we have lots of, you know, question marks. You know, sometimes I mentioned this example. Imagine if we take someone... uh, from uh, outside and say, we are taking you to one of the most expensive locations in the town but we are putting you, close your eyes and put your eyes inside that room in the most expensive location Okay, so we take him and put him in that room then we open his eyes he says, oh this is a toilet Why you have made toilet in the most expensive location? So that person starts questioning your wisdom. But then we say, okay, wait, let us open the door and see. Oh, this toilet is a small part of a palace. We have made a palace. This palace also needs toilet. You cannot say, okay, because the most expensive place in the town. So we don't make any toilets. We don't make any place for putting, you know, rubbish. So the only people who can understand wisdom behind everything are those who have the general picture. We don't have that general picture. But we can try more and more to get closer to that general picture. But we can never have that general picture. And you never question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Because we are never able to say to Allah I have understood everything And still I see some problems Okay This was a question that we had Before we started Let us see if there is any question Uh, There seems to be no other question Okay so, inshallah, for next session, please, as I said, uh, in advance, read verses, reflect on them, if you have tafsir in English or in any language that you uh, know, read. Because I want also even, when we have the discussion, send your points. So, whenever I'm talking about a verse, if you have a point, if you have, you know, comments, something that you think we can learn from the verse, you know, please share, then we can comment on this, and if it is okay, you know, we can all uh, benefit from it. So we want this to be more, inshallah, uh, collective work and more collective reflection on the Quran. I stop here with dua for all of you. May Allah, inshallah, give you a blessed life. May Allah protect you and your family and the community. May Allah give shifa to all the brothers and sisters who are ill. May Allah keep us always on the right path. May Allah doesn't let us to ourselves for every moment. May Allah, inshallah, be our guide and support all the time in the time of ease and in the time of difficulty. Please remember us your du'a and hope to see you soon insha'Allah. Wa da'wana Alhamdulillah. Thank you for the office.